Okay, good morning, Christ Fellowship. Am I doing all right? Uh, well, I got to participate. That's an awesome testimony. And uh, we have a world mandate coming up. Uh, there, this next weekend, there'll be, you know, 5,000. There's usually 5,000 college students down. I don't know how it's going to work this year. They're in two separate sites down there. We're normally in the Farrell Center at Baylor, and, and I, it's at two locations. So we'll, we'll see how all that works. But they came, and we have a team going out to... Uh, to, to Southeast Asia this this uh, this summer, and so they came by. They went to all the all the U.S. churches in the United States, Antioch churches, and there's going to be a collage video of the scene, the lead pastor introducing a little vision, and then the teams that are going out. And it's good we're in that because we've got some families going out this uh, this summer to to uh, to to Southeast Asia, the bridge team, and uh, I'm not supposed to say where. So. Uh, Okay, so uh, let's see. A uh, couple things. Open your Bibles to Matthew 16. We're in the third part of a series, and today we're just basically looking at the church. But I wanted to give you just a couple little tidbits of things that are going on around here. Uh, we had our Welcome to the Family uh, class we do every month or so. And uh, for January, and we had over 20 people there counting kids and everything. So just a lot of stuff happening Right now at the church, there's uh, three life groups are about to multiply, two brand new starts, that's five adult groups happening just right now, just immediately, a new college group, a new youth group, uh, life group, and so there's just a lot of places to connect in the church life here at Christ Fellowship. All those things are big, like things we're really excited about because it means community, people using their gift, people being on mission together, people reaching out, all that kind of stuff, and that's, that's what we want to be about uh, here at Christ Fellowship. So we start, oh yeah, we had uh, somebody give their life to the Lord maybe this past uh, Wednesday at, at youth group. So that's awesome as well. Um, thank you, Lord. So we're in this series called Back to the Future. And the idea is that we've been saying there's a future out there for us and that we want to live into that future that God has for us. So we talked about, Yancey kicked off the series, we talked about uh, the Father's love, knowing the Father's love. Whatever we walk into in the fullness of being disciples, conformed to the image of Christ, whatever we walk into, we have to walk there with God's love on us or we will burn out, fry, get toasty, judge other people, all kinds of uh, just weird stuff that's not God. And so we want to walk into that future receiving God's love and walking into that future uh, expressing God's love to others. Last week we talked about family and work. Today's church life. And I just want to, I want to say right here at the start, <clears throat> God loves you. And I don't mean like God loves you, you already know that. I mean like God loves you like you don't know that. I was sitting here in the second song. I don't remember what the second song was. But I, I, I said, God, Holy Spirit, would you show me your love for the church? I didn't know I was praying like something I couldn't handle. And I, I lost it. Like, like the, I was fighting the heaving kind of thing. Like tears running down my face because he loves you so much. He loves you more than you can comprehend. And He loves it when you love each other more than you can comprehend. So just kind of awkwardly look around just a little bit. You don't have to like do long eye contact. But everybody in here is somebody that He loves. 
Every single person here. Every single person out there. We believe that He died for the whole world. That's who He loves, is, is everybody. And He calls us to love ourselves. Starting right here. And uh, so, man, uh, when I think about you know, church life in the future, it's like, you know, one, at one level we go, church life, what, is, what does that mean? What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about Jesus and His life being expressed in our midst. We're talking about loving each other. Help me out. What, what else? We're talking about forgiving each other. We're talking about walking in His life in peace. And his joy. Not always, because we go through hard stuff sometimes. But getting up morning by morning and being renewed in our minds. Yeah. Eating together. Ooh, I like that. You know, eating together is like one of those things where you can be real utilitarian about it and go, it's just we need to get stuff in our bodies so we have strength or something. Or you can go, you know what? That whole concept changes when brothers and sisters eat food together. You know, the disciples, they... When Jesus broke the bread, they were on the way to Emmaus, and he walks and unloads the scriptures about himself. Massive download. Wouldn't you like to have been there? And, but he breaks the bread, and they see Jesus. And I can't tell you how many hundreds, thousands of times I've prayed that prayer eating with brothers and sisters and said, Lord, as we break the bread today, let us see you. And just that prayer alone changes the whole, whole meal. It's amazing. Or if you want to just try a little experiment with this sometime, just go, uh, just instead of just talking about the Cowboys, which is easier now than it used to be, but instead of just talking about the Cowboys, go, go, hey, what's the Lord been doing in your life lately? Or what are you seeing about Jesus that's fresh? That, that will change the whole conversation changed, people edified, encouraged, chest bumps on the way out after the meal. Maybe not chest bumps. That's awkward, isn't it? I can just bump with you. That's still awkward, isn't it? Next, move on. Yeah, okay, we're moving on. Church life in the future. All right, laughter. You think God's into laughter? Joy? Does He like it when we smile? Just He likes it when we're not just, life isn't just one big frumpy, you know. Just one minor quarter after another, and then life ends. But you know, trials happen. That's, that's a part of life. We go through hard stuff, and yet there's a way of walking. As we go into the future, there's a way of receiving God's love that fills us up, and we receive His power, and it, it empowers us to like go forward when we think, I'm done. I can't walk another step. I can't do this anymore. Anybody ever been there? I just can't do it. You know, and yet he's still in and because of church life. It's the weirdest thing. You know, I'm more encouraged now. This is my second worship to go through. And I'm way more encouraged now than when I started this morning. It's awesome. You need some extra encouragement sometimes? Stay for two services. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. But what else? You know, uh, sharing, helping, 
encouraging. It looks like healing and deliverance and freedom and peace. It looks like miracles. I mean, really, it looks like miracles. I, I was standing, I don't know if they're here today, but I was talking with a couple, young couple last week by the door, and they said, you know, we just want more. We want more of God. We want the Holy Spirit. We've just, we're on a journey. We're seeking more of God. And I was like, wow, that's great. You know, that's me too, man. Let's go for it, you know. And uh, I said, well, I wonder if we, I was just thinking, do we have any fresh miracle stories? And I didn't see anybody. There was, the room was kind of emptying out. It was after the second service. But I saw Ben. And I said, hey, Ben, come over. You know, you got a fresh miracle story for us. And he goes, uh, yeah, I do. You know, and, and we, what he didn't know, and he, he told that story that he just, just told a minute ago. What he didn't know is that we'd just been, the, the, we'd been talking about Muslims coming to faith all over the world and having these dreams and visions and stuff. I didn't know what he was going to share. And she's just got tears in her eyes as she's hearing a fresh, you know, five-day-old story about a miracle in this guy's life of leading him to Christ through, through revelation, 90 days in a row, dreams coming to him, Jesus. That's awesome, right? So we want to see church life like that. You know, when we started the church years ago, we would open the Bible to the book of Acts and just dream. Why can't we see church life like we read about right here? I remember just sitting around and getting excited about people breaking bread, people sharing their faith, devotion to the apostles' teaching, you know, all that kind of stuff. Having a sense of awe, you know, like where you tell testimonies and you go, oh my goodness, God did that in your life group? Oh my goodness, God did that with that person as you're discipling them? That's incredible. I never thought they'd change. I never thought they'd get over that. Wow, praise God. And then there's healings and deliverances and people being set free and eating meals and sharing our faith and new disciples being made all of that people being conformed to the image of christ things being made right the impact of christ in us and through us it's awesome thinking about it you know i rem part of that whole deal was we sat there and i, I remember acts thirteen thirty six. it was my life verse at the time still just stirs my heart that we would serve god's purpose in our generation and then die I was really into like, like death kind of in a way, like, like I had lots of midlife crises. I saw myself like, I, I wanted to see myself, I wanted to be like as old as I am right now in a way in my mind so that I would do stuff and make decisions that would matter, you know, not like get a Harley and open my collar up and gold chains and stuff, but that I would make this, a lot of you guys I realized just then don't have a clue, so Back in the 70s, guys would go through midlife crises and they'd get like a Corvette or something like that and then they'd open their collar up and they'd get gold chains and like be some, you know, some hair sticking out and stuff. But the kind of midlife crisis I'm talking about is where you go, Jesus, I want to live with my end in mind. If I'm supposed to plant a church, I want to plant a church. I want to go for it. I don't want to just one day have talked about it for 20 years and then be a midlife guy going, I wish I'd have done something back there that mattered. I want to live for Jesus. I want to go for it. And we've been privileged to, to live life with people that are going for it. And I want to woo and call and my words get empowered by the Holy Spirit that you would do the same thing and, and desire that you know, serve God's purpose in our generation. And this would be, and we would help to plant life-giving, multiplying, reproducing Christ-manifesting churches all over the place to the glory of God and the joy of people all over the place, all, everywhere. Last week, 
I emphasize that, you know, Jesus has done it. You know, the big thing was Jesus has done it. And this week, I want to just kind of balance that. Not, not that Jesus hasn't done it. Jesus has done it. But the way we are called to live is to participate with Jesus' work in our lives. He wants us to join with Him. He wants us to not just be passive bumps on a log, you know, not join. He wants us to join with Him in what He's doing on planet Earth. God's best for your marriage, God's best for your life, your kids, your work, all those different kinds of things, all the love, joy, peace that He wants to bring into your life. There's part of it that's going to happen as we, as you, as I participate with God. So like on the healing thing, let's, let's, you know, I mean, we've seen some incredible uh, stories of healing down through the years, some incredible miracles. But if you're skeptical, let's, I'm just going to use healing as an example. If you're skeptical about it, and, and because you're skeptical about healing, you don't pray for anybody to get healed, guess what you probably won't see too much of? Yeah, I mean, if I'm like, I don't believe that, you know, I'm not going to pray for that, you know, then I probably won't get to participate as much as somebody who's, who believes that and is praying for that. Or if I don't share my faith, you know, I guess what I, I don't get to see as much of? People coming to know Jesus, right? And on the church life piece, if we don't have a vision, if we don't want to participate with God, with Jesus, what he's doing, and believe that church life rocks when it's happening, that God wants to, it's not like plan B, and we need to, you know, God like, oh, I've got these Christians now. Oh, my goodness. I, we need to gather them. They, they need to come together and, and like do some stuff because their lives are going to get kind of boring if they don't do that. Can I just say, like, there's a glorious vision that God has for the church. It's absolutely incredible. You know, he's got this bride. He's preparing us to be like a, a bride for him that's ready. You know, and so that's the goal. That's the that's the end out there. But living together in church life is also kind of how we get there. It's how we get ready. We sharpen each other. We have to have meetings with each other sometimes when we offend each other. We have to work things out. You know, we have to we have to love. We have to stop judging one another. We have to like what I was praying for God a minute ago. What I didn't the rest of that story. I was, I'm sitting there. I'm praying. God, show me your love for the church. And I literally, I, I realized early on as I'm starting to sob that I can't handle it. You know, and I'm just, I'm fragile. And I'm broken. And I'm just kind of on a journey. Anybody relate to that? Like, I can, I can get excited about being fragile. Because like Yancey said in the first week, God's love finds us in our weakness. He finds us in our weakness. And it's just, ah, it's liberating to know that, that God meets me in my weakest place. Just, it's the most liberating, wonderful piece of good news. We haven't arrived. I haven't arrived. And there's so much further that God wants to take us. There's so much more that he has for us. And here... I just put this message into one sentence, it's this. Dynamic church life is built on the revelation of Jesus Christ and the people who treasure Him together. Like there's a treasuring of Him together that 
that God wants us to be doing. Jesus wants us to, to live into. And, and there's this crazy mystery about all of this. I mean, it really is a mystery that he, he reveals himself to us, brings us together, and then somehow we grow up and become conformed to his image. I can't explain all that. It's not a program. It's not a, you go through these 11 lessons and then that happens. Just eat some meals together. Go talk about Jesus. You go to go on a little mission trip together. You know, I haven't really processed this with Aiden, but I bet his, his, his world probably got rocked just seeing, that, just seeing what God was doing in another part of the world. And this is, this is life. This is church life. So let's look at a couple things from this. It's not surprising, maybe, if I'm going to talk about the revelation of Jesus, that we would go to Matthew 16, verses 13 through 20. And I'm going to read down to verse 17 for this first point here. And the first point is this. A couple of key things in this passage. The first one is a confession that comes from heaven. A confession from heaven. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked one of his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? Who do you say that I am? Which is it's a great question for all of us. Every single person here, who do you say that Jesus is? It's good just to be pulled into this. Who do we say that he is? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. Okay, so what we get here is that Peter said the right thing, but he didn't come up with it on his own. It was a revelation from heaven. Okay, so just like the guy in Greece that, that, that Ben and those guys got to lead to the Lord, I mean, it was a revelation. You know, Ben was there to explain a revelation. What had happened, and that's how, that's really how it happens. You know, for all of us, a revelation. Jesus, you're the king, you're the Lord. God initiates, and he reveals himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, these scriptures are authoritative, they're inspired, but they're not God. They point to the one who is the word, and his name is Jesus Everybody understand that? You know, I'm looking here to look to him. You know, this is this goes in a proper place of respect and honor underneath Jesus Christ, who is the King and the Lord. That's who we want to see. That's who we want to see as we study these scriptures and as we look and look at the sweeping story of God and all that, Jesus Christ is the key that unlocks the whole thing. He is... Uh, in a big theological word, he's, he's the hermeneutic. He's how we understand what the Bible means. And Jesus is the foundation of us moving forward, that we are a church. There's no other name given under heaven by which men must be saved, the name of Jesus. And I had been around church a long time. I had heard Bible stories. I had heard sermons preached. I'd been around church a long time before I had a revelation of Jesus Christ. And when I had that revelation of Jesus Christ, my world was rocked and my life was changed. It was never the same after that revelation of Jesus Christ. 
Now, none of that's lost back in there, that training, all that kind of stuff. But I want to just say to anybody here, when you hear this, like, press in for a revelation of Jesus Christ. Don't be satisfied with where you're at right now. There's more. I'll tell you, there's more. And no matter how much you've experienced, there's more. You know? And so, Jesus, reveal yourself to us. I, Romans 10, 17, real famous verse. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Okay? And, and I don't know how many of us, but there's like, that, that's a famous Bible verse that got mistranslated. I don't know if it's a King James or what, but it says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Well, check, pause. In the Greek, it says literally, dia rematos Christu, through the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes through the word of Christ. In rematos, it's like a, it means like the spoken word. It's when Jesus speaks. That's when faith comes. Now, you can be around this, but you need to hear Jesus. You can be around us, around me. But even today, you need to hear the Lord speak to you. You need to see Jesus. When you see Jesus, whoa, everything's changed. Life is rocked, you know, and I can't stay the same. I, how many times, how many of us, have you ever read a Bible verse like 20 times or 50 times? And then on 51, and you're like, what in the world? You know, the light's shining down. You're like, I've never seen this Bible verse in my life. You know, it's like there's a revelation going on. You know, a lot of you guys know one of my life verses is Ephesians 3.8. You know, it's been given to me to preach to the Gentiles, to the nations, the unsearchable riches of Christ. I'd read it a hundred times. And about 15 years ago, I don't know, back in there somewhere, I read it and boing up a spring popped out of the right side of my head, just kind of was flopping over here like this, and smoke slowly rose out of my left ear. This is hyperbole. And a way of explaining, I was blown away when I saw this. Blown away. I realized the unsearchable riches of Christ. It's been given to me to preach to the nations. The I'm never going to get to the end of this ever. Like for anybody that feels bored, look to Jesus. This journey isn't boring. It's anything but boring. He's so awesome. He's so incredible. And when you see that, blessed are you, Simon. My father revealed this to you. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. I mean, you've got the whole triune, you know, the Trinitarian thing happening there. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And that we're swept up into this, this, this incredible relational God of love and his life the dance between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, when we start to get that, we are blown away. It, like life as usual, life the way it used to be, boring, the, uh, some idea of Christianity being boring. Oh my goodness, press into Jesus and watch your life get rocked. And then you can give it away. You know, for, I think one of the best ways for me, I just always think, I want to see who he is. I want to keep seeing what he's done. I want to keep seeing what he's doing because he's the same yesterday, today, forever. All that stuff he was doing, he is doing and will be doing. Okay? I just, and, and, and if there's something in you that thinks not, then look to Jesus. Even ask today, say, Jesus, is this true? 
Are you the same? Are you still doing the same stuff? You know, one of the things about the Holy Spirit coming in our midst is that He shows us this. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father. You are in me and I am in you. And if you don't believe me, ask Him. Ask Him right now. Jesus, are you there? He wants to rock your world in a good sense of that. Okay? Who you are, what you've done, what you're doing, Jesus, and what you will do. And we could just go on with testimonies and life, but all the things that he's done, doing, and will do. And it's just, it's awesome. But I want you to see, this is the foundation. This is why we're a, this is why we're a church. There's some people around here that have seen Jesus Christ. Had a revelation of Jesus. And we don't move on from this. You don't graduate. Yeah, I saw Jesus and now I'm kind of moving on to something else. This is how we live. So the, this confession of the reality of who Jesus is, the living Christ, that He's alive, He lives in us. This will change the world. But it's a piece. It, it's the, the, the other piece is that it's, He is in us and we, we do something about it. That's the second piece there. So it's a confession, but it's, it's in confessing people. It's a confession from heaven, but it's, it's a confession that's in confessing people who are on the earth. So let's read the rest of this. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And he warned them not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Okay, so incredible promises in that. But the first piece I want us to get is that it's a revelation about Jesus that's in us. Okay, it's in us. He's blessed are you. You're the Peter. You're the rock. And on this rock, I'm going to build. I'm going to keep laying a foundation. It's not just that, you know, uh, the that Peter was in Rome. That that it's not that. It's it's the revelation that he is in us. These ongoing revelations of Jesus. This is how the church is built. That Micah sees Jesus. That Brian sees Jesus. That our youth see Jesus. That our that college sees Jesus. That young adults see Jesus. You know, that's the foundation. That's how this thing moves forward. And it's always that way in every generation. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. We are one of those generations. His glory is flowing in us and through us. It's, it's amazing. It's a blow away. When you start really thinking about this, that this, these riches, that we're proclaiming the way things really are in Jesus. And life flows from that. That's the truth, the way things really are. Not the way we think they are. A lot of times, what I have to do is repent from my way of thinking to Jesus' way of thinking. To see God through the, the eyes of Jesus, not through my own lens. To see people through the eyes of Jesus. I have to repent to do that. 
But he makes this promise that's incredible. He says, I will build my church. That means I'm not building the church. And that's actually pretty liberating. Ben's not doing it. Elders aren't doing it. Jesus is doing it. Thank you, Jesus. You know, and we participate. And that's the cool thing. We participate with him. We get to we get to be a part of what he's doing on the earth. But all those things, those wonderful pieces about the church that are mentioned in Ephesians 1 to 3, which is the Mount Everest of the New Testament. My little plug for Ephesians 1 to 3. You're like, well, what's it? It's just glorious. Jesus, grand, global, high, lifted up. And his plan for the church, where he's being seen and known and experienced in the church. It's, it's, it's wonderful. That's where the fullness is. He's head over all things for the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. How much of Jesus do you want? Come on, Claire, how much of it? All. I want it all. There's only one place to get the fullness, to get all of him. It's here. It's and not just this, this congregation, but I mean, all over the... I was praying with the pastors of the city. We went on a prayer retreat this week uh, down to Glen Rose, you know, and we're praying for the glory of God to come in the city of Fort Worth. And I told them about the vision that the Lord had given me when we moved the church 25 miles down to Fort Worth in 2002. And it was a picture of Dallas uh, on a map kind of thing or a flat space. And, and Fort Worth was much smaller. It was smaller over here, just little. Fort Worth, Big Dallas, Big D. I grew up in Dallas, so I can do some of this. But as I was looking at Fort Worth, I heard the words, the lesser shall become greater. And I saw Jesus Christ rise up out of Fort Worth and fire started shooting all over this region to the nation and the nations of the earth. And I think what hit me out of that was that Fort Worth is supposed to be some kind of a apostolic sending city to the nations of the world. I'm excited to participate in that deal, you know. Um, but you know what else? One of the, the key pieces about who we are as the church and, and church life moving into the future is that we're a, we're a building, that we're like, we're a house where, where God lives. That's one of the things Ephesians 2 says, that God lives in this, He lives in this dwelling where living stones are being knit together to fit you know, it's like a protection against the schemes of the enemy. How many of you guys know the enemy's real? He's real. And he's doing the same stuff that he's always been doing. And he wants, instead of getting us to look at each other with the eyes of love, with his eyes of love, he wants us to look at each other through our own judgments about Nathan, our own judgments about Sean, own judgments about Lucas or Heidi. And that's a different kind of thing. And so God wants us to see through the eyes of love and be aware of the schemes of the devil. And this is important pastorally with love for me to say this to us. When you are, are feeling judgment about somebody else, it's not the love of God. He loves them unconditionally. And he gave his whole life up for them. That's how we move forward in this church life, in the future. That's the, that's the grace of God for us. I can't, I can't love even Kim the way I'm, I, I, I'm called to, but God's love flowing through me can love her in the right way. 
and can empower me to love Todd, you know, empower me to love Kenny the way I'm called to. And when I, when I sense that, that, that divisive thing or that judgment thing happening, that, that, that gossipy thing happening, I need to just wake up and realize the devil is very close by. He's very close by when I'm judging, gossiping, putting other people down, not in their shoes, not thinking the best of them. But praise God, He's given us this, incre this incredible victory this, through giving us His love. I, again, I want to point back, I think God did something to me there so I could say this to you in the second. You're getting, you get, it's better than the first service. Because He showed me something. He, he showed me something. He I said, show me your love for the church and just start, it just like, whoa, whoa, he loves you. He loves you. And he wants to love you through everybody here. And it was so much and so intense. I just had to, Lord, I can't, I can't handle this. And so that's in the promise. So it's, he's building this church and he's promised that this enemy that we have, the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And whether that's the gates are kind of marching up to us or we're marching up to them, the gates of Hades will not overcome it. This church, this bride, this victorious promise that he gives us, the gates of Hades will not overcome us. I was talking with Kim this morning. She said, have you read the verse for the day on our Bible app? You know, the little phone thing. And uh, I said, no, uh, sorry. <laughs> I did try to read some other verses this morning. She said, this one's good. Um, 1 John 4, 21, and he's given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love his brother and sister. So again, we don't have to awkwardly look at each other, but if you think around this, just everybody that you know can imagine, picture in your mind, he loves them and wants us to love them. This is where things are going. Love for one another. We're called to participate. He gives us His love to give it to other people. And He gives us the keys of the kingdom. You know, the keys are like, uh, we get to participate. What a mystery. What, what an amazing mystery. We participate with Jesus, you know, and it's like the wedding feast, Cana of Galilee. Jesus could have just, hey, there's wine over there in those jugs now. But he got some people to participate with him. And that's what, that's what we do. We get to participate. That's a cool miracle, by the way, like 180 gallons of wine. Really cool. Just throwing that out there. Thank you, Jesus. And he does cool stuff like that, you know, today. He does. He wants us to participate with him in what he's doing. Prayer is binding and loosing. This, he could have done all that stuff. He's got the power, but he says, I want to, hear me in this, in a way that's a mystery, he's connected his will to us expressing it on the earth. To us saying what the will of heaven is on the earth. We release this, we bind this in the name of Jesus. So we can say, we bind the dividing work of the enemy in Jesus' name. We release the love of God in our midst in Jesus' mighty name. And there's power in that. 
And so we bind the work of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Let's just say that together. We bind the work of the enemy in the name of Jesus. And we release the love of God in the name of Jesus. We release the love of God in Jesus' mighty name. Wow. Amen. There's power. There's power in that. But it's a process. And I'll finish with this story about Peter. You know, you watch, you watch Peter and you go, man, he makes this incredible confession. Five minutes later, at least in Scripture, it looks like it's just like right there, he is uh, being rebuked by Jesus for having a revelation from the devil. So he's got a revelation from heaven, and now he's got a revelation from the devil. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You're not, that's not, that's not God. Wow. And you go, man, Peter was a mess. I can't believe that. And we can do the same stuff. Again, I want to just say we're fragile. We're, we're a conduit for heaven or hell. We're a conduit. We, we use the kingdom of, key, keys of the kingdom of heaven or we can use the keys of darkness. To, it, it's, just, it's a scary thing, you know? It's a sobering thing. And so we want to be you know, so Peter goes on with the. Re- One time he gets a great word from Jesus. The word is, tonight, Peter's just like gone off, said, I'll follow you anywhere. I'll die for you. Nobody's going to stop me from following you. Da, da, da. And, and Jesus gives him this word, tonight you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. And deny me three times. And if I got that word from Jesus, I'm like, whoa, I'm, I'm, a, I'm alert, right? You know, I'm going to, I'm not going to deny Jesus. I'm not going to deny Jesus. I'm not, I'm not, this word's not going to happen. Da, da, da. And, and so the Lord gets arrested. The disciples run away. He flees with them. And then it says, but Peter followed at a distance. Like, anybody relate to that? You know, something happens. You're like, oh, man. And then, and then you're a little more like, okay, I'm going to follow, but I'm, I'm at a distance. He ends up denying three times. The Lord comes and reinstates him, says, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And he's saying... How many of us have had that happen? It's like six, seven. I, I'm just, I, all I'm trying to say is, it's okay. You don't do it, I don't do it perfect. It's a journey. That's the journey that the Lord has us on. And as we walk into this future, man, it's going to be great. And there's ups and downs in it. It's, this is the journey. And I wish it was all just, you know, just, up and to the right, you know, the Swiss guy from Price is Right. But it, it, it's more like this. And uh, it's going to be good. Now, I'm, I'm going to keep praying, and I want you to pray with me. Father, make this the best year ever in your presence for Christ's fellowship. Father, make this the best year of renewed minds ever for Christ's fellowship. Father, make this the best year ever of seeing and treasuring Jesus Christ. Father, make this the best year ever of us loving one another, of us seeing that Christ lives in you and it's the hope of the world being changed. Make this the best year ever of seeing that, of experiencing it, of walking in it, and it's going to be It's going to be good. Let's stand up. Worship team, come. We're going to take just a couple of minutes here. And just, we want to respond to God, but this is one of those things where, I think this way a lot of times, uh, if you're visiting with us, we do this at the end of every service, just take five minutes and we respond to God. 
So it can be, you can come up here and get prayer, it's going to fill up quickly, but it's like this particular day, I'm saying we need to see Jesus. Wow, we need to treasure Jesus. We need to open our mouths about what we've seen of Jesus. I mean, who doesn't, who doesn't need that? You know, I, I want more of that. And so there's, there's a turning from my way and a turning to Jesus. And so as we go into 2016, this is the path forward for church life in the future. Just people seeing, treasuring, loving Jesus, living this life together. And it's going to be incredible. So, so I know there's lots of other kinds of needs beside that. If you need prayer, come up and get prayer. If you need help this morning, get prayer. Don't leave without getting, getting prayer from someone. If the front fills up, just ask somebody close by just to, to pray for you. Just a gentle hand on the shoulder and Father, help them see the Lord. Help them see you. Meet their need this morning. That's what we want to do here in this little time. Father, have your way. Come, Holy Spirit. Glorify Jesus in our midst. Give us grace to treasure you, to love you, to live in your life. Amen. Come, you guys. Whatever your need is, get ministry. Minister to one another. You are released to do that. Let's go. Amen.